1: Smart, smooth, smoking, smashing, and smoldering smilers. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 17, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your amusing and animated alliteration adores, admitting assonance abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, to start off the show, we have a quick uh, correction segment, which we're going to lovingly called... Um, actually. Um, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Our last episode, I think we uh, confused assonance with alliteration. Just to clarify everything. So, alliteration refers to. Uh,
2: It's at the beginning of words, kind of consecutive words.
3: Repetition of consonant sounds at the beginning of consecutive words. Not necessarily consonant. It can be be vowel as well. My my understanding
2: Mm -hmm. was it's just repetition of whatever the
3: sound is at the beginning.
1: So, alliteration refers to the repetition of of a particular sound in the first syllables of a series of words. Assonance is the repetition of vowel sounds and only vowel sounds to create internal rhyming right so it's right. within oh, an okay. uh, example would be how now brown cow right. right and then there's also consonants and consonants is the same thing with assonance but it's with consonants mm-hmm. obviously mm. so it's the repetition of the same consonant in short succession so an example would be all mammals named sam are clammy uh, pitter patter is both alliteration and consonants because we have uh-huh. the t p in the beginning for alliteration so Jeez. Cool. Just, yeah, a lot of people wrote it and a lot of word nerds we out are, there. Yes. We yeah. are sorry
3: for being jackassinants. We, we sorry jackassinants. Jack, <laughs> <Jackassonance. laughs>
1: we aim to get it right.
3: Should we introduce ourselves?
1: Oh yes. So of course I am Karen.
3: I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Yeah. Call monitor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's do this. Let's jump into our usual general quiz segment. Pop quiz hot shot. Get your barnyard buzzers ready. Yes
3: grabbed my cock no.
1: okay <laughs> but what man <laughs> this is a family starting stuff. salty <laughs> today. <laughs> <are> you... Sassy. <laughs> yeah. all right blue wedge let's go the galapagos islands are part of what country that was Colin. i believe it's ecuador correct the islands lie about 600 miles west of the mainland mm-hmm. And known for tortoise. Yeah, tortoises and lizards. Okay, Pink Wedge pop culture. On the TV show Arrested Development. Yes. What is the name of Michael Bluth's son? That was Dana. George Michael. Correct. George Michael. (laughs) Of course. Played by? The Uh,
2: inestimable Michael Sarah.
1: Yes, Michael Sarah. And Yellow Wedge. The minimum legal age for what activity was established in July 1984 in most states? Dana. Is it drinking? correct huh. age established was 21 and this was yeah. 1984 what was 18?
3: it before States had states had all different drinking ages before oh. um, in the 80s um, the federal government said that it would start restricting highway funds uh, to states if they didn't make their drinking age 21 um, on the idea that if it, a lowered drinking age caused more accidents yeah. right. got yeah, right. it de facto federal drinking age is 21 but <laughs> right. there is no law that says that it has to be 21 right
1: okay let's do purple wedge. Who does a -a Bardolator worship?
3: Chris. Bart Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect. Uh, Colin. I'm assuming it's
2: Bartolator. Would that be William Shakespeare? Correct. Oh, Bardolator. Bartolator. Bartolator. Bart Bart Simpson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Green Wedge for Science. The markings on a tabby cat's head often resemble what letter? What a weird question.
2: Oh, uh... It's an
3: M. It Correct.
2: Is, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. you do have cats. I do have
3: cats. cats. I, so, I am a cat yeah. person. Okay, last question. Not that you're Chris. a hybrid man-cat. <laughs> no, what, he's what, a Liger, really. What have you heard? <laughs> he's a Liger. So. <laughs>
1: okay, last question. Chris is going to get this one. Hooray. What chef's signature shoes are orange Crocs?
3: What? I'm going to get this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What chef's?
3: Signature signature shoes are orange, are orange
1: Crocs. Crocs, like those
3: rubber, like oh. the rubbery, Is it- orange rubbery shoes.
1: Uh, so I'm gonna. Is it emerald? Incorrect. No.
3: Mm. Why would I get this? Because it's a food thing? I don't know. Gordon oh, Ramsay.
1: No. Mario Batali. That's uh, what I was thinking. I yeah, I did not know bad. that. What? <laughs> no, I had no idea. Oh I didn't know that. The Crocs. <laughs> the Crocs the Crocs. Alright. Good job, Brains. And uh let's get into our topic of the week. It's inspired by a lot of our personal quirks and fascination. Um <laughs> a, a personal weird thing about me is um I can't I can't watch horror movies because I can't stomach gore uh, but I'm so curious about like what happens and how people die and I know it sounds kind of morbid and so one of the series I really uh, like reading about not watching reading about is the Saw movies the oh, soft right. scenes you know, mm-hmm. all, all the elaborate
2: contraptions exactly right. I, don't, I
1: don't know why it's just it's it's very creative and it's kind of I don't know it, well the... I think it combines
2: so you... the appreciation for Rube Goldberg machinery with just the macabre which yeah. I think a lot of mm-hmm. nerds would, would uh, admit to liking both of those things
1: and I remember I confessed this to Colin years ago and I was like oh I don't you know I'm kind of weird but I really (laughs) like reading about like Mm -hmm. how people die and stuff and Colin's like me too (laughs) because you used to have you used to read like books about traps from like Dungeons and Dragons Exactly.
2: I had friends growing up who would play Dungeons and Dragons and I was always far more interested in these collections of of gruesome traps for the dungeon master to set and I would just read them as little stories almost I found it so fascinating how how devious people can be Mm
3: -hmm. and I I personally think you're all left in the head. <laughs> yeah. I, I was forced, uh, uh, I forced I at podcast point to uh, to, yeah. to read all about these crazy you know, things.
0: As, as you were talking, like a little wave of dread like washed over me. I'm feeling a little nervous now. I did not know that about you guys. <laughs> so, Why hopefully... are you guys
2: sliding your chairs the other day?
1: Hey, guys. Um, so for today's episode, we will be talking about eccentric and Classic uh, punishment methods throughout history. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: There's always been this this fascination, like, even if you go to, like, a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum today, especially the one that's in Times Square, where there's, like, this massive room full of, like, medieval torture devices. Uh-huh. So people in contemporary times have always kind of been fascinated by older torture devices, things that were used or may have been used in medieval times. And even, even like, in the 18th, 19th centuries, like, there'd be exhibitions of medieval sure. torture devices, things like that. And so, you know, you have ones that are meant just simply to mess with people or leave them disfigured. Figured right, but then there's actual like devices that are used for like
1: execution. right,
3: right, that are san-
2: that are sanctioned by some sort of authority or a government. Yes,
3: or, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not just like something thing that some guy has in his basement, right, right. I mean, right, <laughs> oh, or not that not that
2: the Spanish Inquisition wasn't sanctioned, but uh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know it's interesting. We're talking about the difference between stuff that's just to kind of torture and maim, and stuff that's official punishment. Really interesting to me. And uh, you know, as we're talking about getting ready for the show. Capital punishment comes from, as we know, the Latin root for head. Mm -hmm. Uh, Capitalist. Capital, right, yes. So removing the head is the classic form of capital punishment. You know, I uh, have have been really interested in the story of the guillotine for a long time.
1: Speaking of removing heads. Speaking of removing the heads
2: and official mechanisms, it's just one of those stories that is just so full of irony and all kinds of historical intrigue that, so I mean, you guys probably know the guillotine associated with France overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. Of course. Right. Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, classic. And of course, you know, the Reign of Terror with Marie Antoinette and just many, many uh, nobles going to their end at the guillotine. You know, the French didn't invent that device. There were similar devices in other countries and other cultures before then, that using the idea of a large blade slicing off the head. But they they absolutely perfected it to the point of that we know it today. And so it's it's named after French physician Dr. Uh, Joseph Guillotin. T I N. Oh, so
1: there's a Mister Guillotin. There is a, yes. a
2: doctor Guillotin. Oh, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. He, he didn't go to medical school, so you could call him Mister Guillotin. Uh, doctor Joseph Ignace Guillotin, and he was, as I say, he was a doctor and a poli- and a politician, and The the, the irony is he was an anti-death penalty crusader. Yes, he really was part of a group of people active in, you know, uh, in France in the late 1780s who wanted to reform the entire death penalty system because at that time it was, as you say, there was all
1: kinds of... What just... was the death penalty before that then?
2: Well, it was really varied and kind of all over the map, but essentially it was pretty brutal. You know, there were a lot of devices, you know, that that uh, we imagine in sort of medieval torture devices where the the agony and the pain was as much of the punishment as putting the person to death. And what was really unjust, you know, to Dr. Guillotin and a lot of other guys was that poor people really had a disproportionate uh, amount of these awful executions. You know, so poor, oh, of course the, the the poor and lower classes could be subjected to hanging and drowning and burning and all sorts of you know being beaten to death on the the breaking wheel and all these other really nasty devices. Whereas if you were rich or noble enough, you could afford to essentially buy a swift death with an axe. So um, he was
3: a pragmatist. Basically. He was. If, yeah. he, if, he, he, if he couldn't be anti-death penalty, he would at least create a more humane That's exactly
2: death. right. So he and a lot of the other politicians, their thought was, all right, then let's start with some sensible steps, small steps. And so their first thought was, let's come up with something that is applied to everybody. Let's make the death penalty really egalitarian. So whether you're rich, poor, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, mm-hmm. you get the same swift, easy death that everyone else can get. You know, it's not just for the rich people anymore. It was, <laughs> I guess it was how they might sell it. Um, but also, you know, the other thing, just that it, that it was clean and efficient. You know, even, you know, reading some of these awful, awful stories about with the Axe Man, if he's just off by a few inches or yeah, if, oh, person yeah. if know, a person I mean, struggles, you know, yeah. sometimes it would take two blows, right. <laughs> two or three blows to finish somebody off, and it's just gruesome. Oh, yeah. So Dr. Yutan said, "Let's. this is efficient. We need to come up with a way to do this cleanly first try. And the other irony, I suppose the final irony, is that he really advocated that execution is a private matter. You know, let's preserve the dignity of oh. even, even the most heinous criminal deserves dignity in this moment of death. And of course, the popular it show. it's a public show yeah. and public yeah, spectacle, yeah. which is really how a lot of executions were handled in that time. Right, right, right. Um, He didn't design the device. He, he was associated with it, though, uh, because he sort of led the crusade to come up with this device
1: which which is noble i have to say it was noble intentions
2: it was noble intentions so the the man who actually is credited with designing it is a dr antoine louis and the device was originally known in france as the the louisette or the louison after louis who invented it uh but it did not take long before Guillotin's name you know became attached and it was the guillotine named after him yeah i mean i I mean just to flash forward actually a little bit uh, after he died his family had become so kind of mortified i mean no pun intended Ashamed of the of being associated with the device, they asked the government to change the name mm-hmm. and the government's like, nah, it's just so impractical. We gotta reprint all these brochures. <laughs> I mean yeah. they they essentially said no, we're not gonna change the name and they changed their family name. They the they, they you know it's I, I, head, I wish the, nobody knows. Shopping, I yes. was not actually able to track that down. <laughs> Ironically they uh, became head Choppers. Yes. Yes yeah. Head Choppers. Chopper. Well wrongly. it's France, it was Head Chopin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They became the Taser family. <laughs>
2: Don't don't guillotine me, bro. But yeah, so in mean, just the order of a you know three or four years, this device that was intended to be a humane, egalitarian, private, swift means of punishment mm. became associated with the Reign of Terror and mm. public, very public, very gory uh, publicized executions. Right. So, as well, I they say, made it. Yeah. They
3: made it very easy and convenient to just execute. That's All absolutely right. Execute. right. All That's right, right.
2: There's one uh, story often told about the guillotine that is not actually true, which is that Louis XVI himself suggested, "Oh, you know, if you put the blade on a 45 degree angle, it'll really cut a lot more." efficiently, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, being the the joke that he ended up being beheaded that way, but that does right. not appear to be true. The, uh, that angle okay. was, in fact, part of the original design team. <laughs> and there must be
1: there must be some sort of phys- physics, physics or math it does. to everything. It does.
2: Earlier devices, I guess, had a rounded blade, and and the the oh. 45 the 45 degree blade really is far more efficient. They say huh. they say you know uh, some French neurophysicists uh, even at the time were really curious about the state of consciousness after beheading, and mm-hmm. again, just sort of this macabre feeling. And by all accounts, it certainly seems to be the case that the Head is aware that it has a beheaded head in that brief instant after it's been cut off. Oh, the body. yeah, the, but
1: it might be like residue, kind of a nervous
2: activity. You know, unfortunately, nobody's uh, around. No ask. one's around long enough to yeah. really uh, be debriefed. Yeah, not good enough at
0: re- <laughs> reattaching them to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, it wasn't outlawed until 1981. Capital punishment in France. The last 1981. The guillotine was in use in France until as late as 1977. Wow. I mean, it is amazing. We have this image of it being. Oh, it's. 1790s right or, but no it was up and up and used well into yeah well into the 70s that's yeah. fascinating yeah huh. yeah uh before they but applaud. it is
1: instant we believe
2: it is it is as instant or as swift a death as you know anything i think short of a gunshot could be yeah
1: right. huh okay yeah. well that makes me kind of feel better right
2: it, it is much more humane than the braking wheel let's put it yeah. that way <laughs>
1: speaking of the braking
0: wheel that's what i was going to talk about it's otherwise known as the Catherine wheel. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so nice, doesn't it? I mean, it's also the name. They of all her.
3: sound so lovely.
2: Yeah, I don't well, think I ever knew that that the, the yeah. band, the Catherine Wheel. I don't think I ever knew that was yeah ah. the '90s
0: alt rock British band. It's also like a firework, right? And yes. it's a kind of window. It's also like a really intense torture device. Mm. A person is strapped to a wheel, like maybe a wagon wheel or something like that, and then there are hammers that come out and hit them while it's turning, so like you can beat them to death. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where the coup de gras. Comes from where, like, the mercy blow, like, if somebody oh. ri- hit them in the head or, like, in an organ or something to because make it faster. unlike
1: the guillotine, this is not instant. No.
3: <laughs> this is this is the example of the really drawn out. And, and in this case, they wanted it to be really drawn out, yeah. right? Especially in front of a crowd. Like, you want right, to see Right, it is. Somebody. It's a public spectacle. Don't yeah. let this happen to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's probably why the guillotine wasn't a private matter either. It's still the point of showing everybody this is how we deal with people who violate our social contract or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it was named after St. Catherine of Alexandria. So it it existed before she did. So she was going to be killed on it, but the story goes that it fell apart um, when they were about to attach her to it, and so they ended up beheading her instead. Oh, okay. Well, so, uh, right. yeah. so, well we got this guillotine. I Just, know.
2: What, <laughs> what a way to give your name to something. Right, <laughs> know.
0: right, And in fact, the Catherine wheel is on the flag, the coat of arms for a ton of cities. Really? Yes. Really? Huh. Yeah. Because huh. yeah. Uh, St. Catherine is their patron saint, and then her symbol is the torture device. Uh, it wasn't used to kill her. Uh, yeah, awkward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think I assumed that in a lot of cases that was like the wheel of fortune, the wheel of life being well, represented. Wheel but of life, wheel of death. Wheel well, of yeah, hey.
3: yeah. So you know, as I was kind of saying in the beginning, um, a lot of people are you know, as as today, people hundreds of years ago were of course fascinated to look at, you know, these medieval instruments of torture. And so, of course, you know, the, the Robert J. Ripley's of the 19th century would, of course, arrange exhibitions and things and people would, you know, pay a penny to go and just look at these things right. and be told it's like the freak show, kind these of. stories that we're telling now about, oh, this is what they do with it and then they'd hit you and whatever. And as you might imagine, in the days before, you know, Karen could go on to Wikipedia and fact check, there were a few yeah. uh, embellishments <laughs> or simple outright frauds. Like, and I found out about one of these. For example, um, people have said that uh, at this point, I couldn't find definitive information on this, but people seem to believe that the that the Iron Maiden mm-hmm. was just fictional. Right, right. That that people just assembled these in the nineteenth century. and were like, oh, in medieval times. So, so the Iron Maiden mm-hmm. just were all on the same page. It's the quintessential uh, medieval torture device. It looks like a large metal statue of a lady and then the the body of it opens up and it's all lined with spikes so they put you inside oh! like like a sarcophagus right like, like a some sarcophagus. vertical I sarcophagus with a smiling woman's head on top and they put you inside and then just close it and then all the spikes were to go into you and the whole thing is like oh all the spikes are positioned so they actually don't hit your major organs so you're just Ooh, in there with a the spikes in forever, death. yeah. Until yeah. you know, <laughs> as far as anybody can figure, the first reference to this stuff is a German professor named Johann Philipp Siebenkees in 1793. But the problem is nobody seems to be able to find any other references right. to mm. it. He just made it up, <laughs> and they, may, you know, people might have taken remnants of things that they found from hundreds of years previously and sort of put them back together in ways that they imagined that they might have worked using mm. their imaginations. There was, of course, the famous. Iron Maiden of Nuremberg which was on display in Nuremberg, Germany, and was destroyed in the 1944 Allied bombings, and has since been recreated. Could there have there been like photographs of the original? I, I believe, but again, even this, nobody can di- go back and date it because it's gone now. Right. You know? But right. nobody really knew. Had they, you know, did they just build it in the 1800s and never actually use it? And more, more recently, interestingly enough, as I was researching Iron Maidens, after the fall of Iraq in 2003, they found an Iron Maiden out in Uday Hussein's, of course, like, they did. backyard. Of course his, they did. Yeah. Of course <laughs> they did. The yeah. right. Right. He was he was very fond of uh of torture. So he may in fact have actually used that on people. We don't really know. Uh, but they had an old, you know, rusted uh, Iron Maiden out in his uh in his backyard. Yes.
1: Whoa. Yeah. So that's the original saw contraption. We don't right. know if it's right. true yeah. or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just some right. some dude right. is like, right. hey, check this out. But yeah, I designed it, this.
3: Take it all with a grain of salt when you hear about the medieval torture devices, because you don't actually necessarily know if they were uh, if they were used contemporaneously or not, because in a lot of cases there's no record of that having happened and and again in the days before fact checking um there was a lot of money to be made in terms of like charging people a penny each to go and look at these crazy things that for all they knew you just made it yesterday you know and rusted it up
2: well i mean the idea that sensationalism sells tickets is certainly not new exactly (laughs) exactly that
1: makes so much sense speaking of these medieval devices especially the iron maiden imagine The cleanup afterwards, (laughs) unlike the guillotine, I totally, that totally makes sense because it is very efficient. It is very easy to clean. But a lot of these devices, whether if they're real or not, it's like, man. Like, well, you know, I'll be honest. Some poor dude has to peel a dude this out This is
2: of... one reason I only use disposable iron maidens. <laughs> I I, I yeah. am so busy. I cannot yeah. be bothered with the cleanup. It's,
1: <laughs> they're made out of, like, they're, compostable corn. They're biodegradable.
3: Corn. Yeah, they're compostable. Yeah, corn Yeah,
1: corn, yeah. yeah, yeah I just plant.
2: put them in my yard waste bin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
3: Just picturing a commercial of, like, a woman running, you know, in a white dress through a field of garden flowers, you know, and, like, 30 seconds later, it's like, disposable Iron Maiden.
1: <laughs>
2: if you care. Nope. <laughs> it does sound like a feminine product. Doesn't it? Like a feminine care
1: Speaking of torture methods that you can't, can't really prove or disprove just because there's not a lot of information, I was watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two. I
2: already don't like where this is going. Yeah, is this man, a
1: spoiler alert? It, this is not a spoiler. Okay. It's just kind of offhand. They they had a, a torture scene, and as I was watching, I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't really figure out like how everything works. This is in the background. So basically, they they would sit a guy down in a chair. And they would uh, put like a live rat in a a bucket, like a pail, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. pail-sized bucket. And they would take the rim, like the lip of the pail, and kind of uh, uh, put it on the guy's stomach Mm -hmm. with the rat in there. And they would heat it up with fire. Uh You'd heat the bucket up with fire. And so, you know, I'm watching this. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I didn't really – it didn't really – Connect for me. Mm-hmm. What is like happening? What Making happen, roasted right. rats. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, this guy's screaming, and I finally I, I went online and I'm like, okay, is this a historical torture method? And it, it's called rat torture or rat excitement. Well, I mean, basically, <laughs> I excited. Uh,
3: yeah. marketing
1: on that <laughs> yeah, one. Exactly,
3: yeah. exciting rats. <laughs> See, rat this excitement. this sounds like something that. It's, it's this sounds more real because really? it's what you yeah because it's what you it's like you don't have to construct an elaborate device True. all you need is a rat and a bucket you know and which some were, fire which were in plenty of <laughs> supply. Gamble in those days. Rat, they were
1: knee deep in rats and buckets. <laughs> when I read about what actually is going on, I kind of like threw up in my mouth because I, I just didn't think about it. it was- it's it's the the rats get really excited and and they're really uncomfortable and so the only thing they can do they they can't get out bucket Uh they're like oh look it's the fleshy kind Uh, of cooler part right and they start burrowing and scraping oh, into the person's ah. stomach, which yeah. is kind
3: of like... It's like that tofu that we exactly. talked about in the previous yes. episode. Yes. But yes. you're the
1: tofu. Yes. <laughs> the, what is it? Dojo Nabe? Uh, <laughs> I believe so, Yeah, It was yeah. Where, where the eels... Joke's on you. Yeah. You're the tofu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man and and Ugh, that's well, just but a shudder. Yeah. But the thing is, it's there are references to it in in literature, but it's probably just not true. Right. Right. People probably didn't make there are references in Orwell's 1984 and even in um, James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake. Yes. But there's actually historical <laughs> examples, or you know, you can't really find anything. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, but I do want to talk about in terms of execution, classic pirate execution. Oh, right. Those are fun, and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Not
3: for the yeah, person yeah. being executed. So for hole, everybody honestly. else on the boat, they were <laughs> yeah. super fun. Yeah. And
1: and I have to say, I did a lot of research, and I was grossed out by the different. There are a lot of different cases of of different pirates and captains doing very effed up things, and mo- most of them are like beating people to death or whatever. Just them variations. The yeah. 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 yeah, definitely some classic pirate torture and execution that I want to talk about. Heel haul. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know what it meant. I always thought yeah. it was like you know kind of like a piratey term. Without I, I I probably
2: used that word for years, like doing pirate play. I'll all you without knowing what it meant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's in Mario games, like Keelhaul Bay. That's a place in Mario. Oh, okay. Keelhaul refers to a person who is tied to a rope and and a pulley system, and the victim is dragged back and forth underneath the ship. That's where the keel
2: is. They're hauled across the keel. Hauled
1: across the keel. And I mean that already sounds unpleasant because you have to be underwater <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, you know these big ships, they have barnacles growing on the side. Oh yeah, and so the, oh. the, the bodies would be scraped against these sharp barnacle oh, structures, and, yeah. and,
2: and and that's a real one, right? Yeah, I mean, that this, is a real this, one. This did happen, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at best as we can tell.
1: And of course we uh, have walking the plank, which is very famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually not as common as most people well, think it's it is. Boring. Uh... So they
3: walk <laughs> off a plank, they disappear <laughs> into the ocean. And <laughs> they're gone like who cares it's it not it, that's not fun that's not passing the hours it's very
0: efficient yeah, it's but too like, efficient. I, I, like yeah, a, yeah, too yeah. efficient. Why not just throw yeah. them? Off? Exactly, yeah. right? Why, <laughs> it's yeah. like the way like doing the rat, the rat in the bucket is not very efficient. It seems like it would take a long time for. Yeah, our... but again, it's
3: but not. Like they, there they were more didn't efficient have, ways. Yeah, but they but had fire. Yeah, like, but, right in there. Yeah, Netflix. but it's like they didn't have Netflix in those days, so I mean, it's like <laughs> just <laughs> filling the hours. Well, I, I can fire see rat. I can see walking the plank, fire rat,
2: fire being a staple of like movies and TV because like walking the plank just has so much drama, tension, inching out to the edge, exactly pauses. But yeah, it doesn't seem practical at all. And it's, it's not it's you know,
1: off the edge. And yeah. in, in literature and movies and whatnot, it's not as gruesome as the other things. So Walking the Plank seems like it's a very high-tension, but, <laughs> but it's low great. You know what? It's,
3: it's good for kids. It's good for yeah. pirate movies for kids. Oh, I'll make you walk the plank, and they walk off a plank, and they, they go to the right, ocean. You, know. you just don't Bye. need to
2: see what happens after There's that. The, right, right, right. right, right. Yeah.
3: Uh, the, they, you... t- they took the keel-hauling scene out of Peter Pan.
1: <laughs> <after that>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys know what the hempen jig is? Hempen, H-E-M-P-E-N jig. Oh, I've heard this before.
0: Gosh. It sounds fun. It
1: Do, they sounds fun Do they tie them up? Do they tie up in a rope? No, I've totally heard what the hempen yes. jig is. Yes, okay. Oh, hempen right. jig is basically pirate term for hanging. Oh, oh, oh yes. So okay. Rope right. made okay. out okay. of hemp. You're dancing, okay. at the and you're end dancing, dancing at the, the end of the rope.
0: So oh, I got okay. the dancing part. The part I understood. <laughs>
1: But not the morbid. part. <laughs> I was part. like hemp
0: though. That also sounds possibly fun.
1: <laughs> There are a lot of gruesome stuff with pirates. A lot of historians would agree that the cruelest form of of torment or execution is called Governor of the island. Do we know what oh, that is? Is that you abandon somebody? Yep, oh, exactly. Oh, right, it yeah. is marooning someone. That The pirate in question, or the victim, right. usually, you know, they're marooned on rock islands. You know, we see in movies, they're like vast islands. Kind of <laughs> trees <Right>. and lagoons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. No, these are Just like rock. Rock, yeah. rock out on the ocean.
2: Right. A chunk of coral or something.
1: Mm-hmm. And so the victim, basically, this is standard, he would be left with the clothes he's wearing, right? Mm-hmm. A bottle of water, or rum, or or alcohol, a pistol, and powder, and a shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of ways that a person could perish in this situation. Obviously, um, at high tide, mm-hmm. the water might flood the right. island or Your rock. Island rock him. away. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he would drown. Um, there are also sharks abound. Why this may be the cruelest is because of the psychological torment of having that gun there yeah. and mm-hmm. basically making the person commit suicide and shoot himself. Which... You know, it might be a more merciful death than being mauled by sharks or mm-hmm. drowning or, or whatnot. But you're
2: right. The psychological torment is almost uh, <laughs> as bad as any physical torment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
1: and you know, under the heat and the sun, like people go crazy. So kids, don't run away and hang out with pirates. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Do it's it. not worth it. So I have a little bit of pirate trivia, uh, not really related to torture or execution, but very interesting. So do you guys know the rhyme or the song, Sing a Song of Sixpence?
3: Yes. Yeah. Pocket, Pocket full, full of rye. Four and twenty blackbirds making a, a pie.
1: So do you guys know where that came from? Something about pirates. <laughs> I guess. So there is a there... when the
3: pie was open, the birds began to sing. Wasn't that a something 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 something? There's a big
1: urban legend or, or or myth or origin story that very widely believed that Sing a Song expense was used by Blackbeard for recruitment. So okay. would sing the song and obviously there are different verses, have different meanings, hidden meanings, but it's used to recruit pirates for Blackbeard. Okay. And that's right. very widely kind of believed. Okay. And it is actually false. No! It has been in Discovery Channel, has been in board games and mm-hmm. literature, you know, quoting that this is all Blackbeard's recruitment huh. song. Actually fake. And the origin of this rumor is from Snopes.com. Uh, Snopes.com are our big kind of urban sure. legend. yeah debunking myth.
3: so what they they planted this rumor they
1: planted it oh. it was a joke just to oh. sort of see
2: if they could spread uh
1: huh they have a section called lost legends and basically it's just internet trolling they have all these really elaborate and almost believable I mean it's it's so crazy I that love it's that it seems I love that bad for their credibility it's like because
0: they're like oh no we'll debunk it we'll tell you if it's true or not and then they're also it placing was, fake it things it was but done she, as a
2: joke I f- think it's good because it shows how easily a single bad source of information can be replicated. They're like, mm-hmm. and
1: we are a bad source yeah. of information. So there
2: you go. <laughs> Trust us this
3: time. So yeah. not
1: actually a pirate song. Yeah. Everybody. Uh,
3: there uh, was, I There was, an, I, I had never heard that before, so you lied to me and then erased the lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but uh, no, I mean, you know, there was there, there was an inflection point where like suddenly just everybody just started getting all their information off of the nascent, you know, internet, you right. know, and it was just like yeah. TV shows and everything. Just like at some point, people just all started Rely. Just trusting yeah. the internet yeah. And, yeah. And, and just the first <laughs> website they found man they would just write that down and, and use it as gospel are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can
2: enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like do trees fart
0: if you are then you'll love tumble a science podcast for kids
3: So when we were talking about torture, one thing kind of jumped to my head as something that I wanted to investigate and look into. And not necessarily this would be considered torture, but in terms of like, you know, whatever it is, sort of applying pressure on somebody to try to get them to do something that you want them to. Mm-hmm. and, and, and um...
1: Like the Vulcan Pinch?
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, no, metaphorical. Oh, pressure. oh, 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 oh. got it,
1: got,
2: got it, got
3: um, it. I'm so, the nerd
2: making Star Wars references, and you can just slip in Vulcan pinch and no one blinks.
3: <laughs> so I'm gonna, th- I'll, I'll throw this out there Colin, as a you uh, like persecuted I'll, <laughs> nerd, nerd persecution. So. I got the Star sorry, Wars sorry. reference. So I'll throw this out there as a as a sort of a quiz. Um, just to see if anybody can get this answer. So in 1989, U.S. forces invaded Panama under the name Operation Just Cause, um, in an effort to throw out dictator Manuel Noriega. Noriega right. When they went into Panama, Noriega ended up holing up in the Vatican Embassy in Panama. Um, not hiding there, but he was in there basically protected because it was the Vatican Embassy. Um, There's a
1: Vatican Embassy?
3: In Panama. Yeah. No.
1: only in Panama are there other
3: ones yeah of course there are sure oh the Vatican is a country a it country. has embassies in other countries oh, oh okay. hold up in the I Vatican thought, and I <laughs> <laughs> And so the United States, very kind of famously at that point, put on a, a program to try to force him out of there by playing at high volume loud heavy metal oh, music. Oh, that's right. No. Yeah. Um, it was like... Setting up massive speakers and just flooding the Vatican with loud music. Right, yeah, because they can't right, just walk right. in there. But they oh. tried to break him down by like playing this music, including several popular 1980 songs, but including which Van Halen song? Would anybody like to venture a guess as to? Which Ooh. Van Halen song they might
1: play at him? Oh, Panama!
3: Oh, Indeed, yes, <laughs> they played the song Panama. Panama. <laughs> so, so in fact, uh, I say was... the
2: military doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, Southcom Network Radio, which was the radio station that was, like, listened to by the troops while they were, Southcom as being, like, U.S. Southern Command. So, that was the radio station that they would play music on for the troops. And and that was what they were playing to them. And so, that radio station actually took requests for songs from the troops as to what songs to they torture. wanted to blare into the Vatican. Wow. Uh, and, of course, oh many God. of them, of course, get Noriega a, out. <laughs> to get Noriega out. Um, and so, many of them had a not-so-subtle message. So, uh, some of the songs that were played, there's a list. So some of the songs were uh, Judas Priest, "You've Got Another Thing Coming," <laughs> uh, Billy Joel's "Big Shot," <laughs> Tom Petty's "Feel a Whole Lot Better When You're Gone," uh, and Rolling Stones' Rockin' a Hard Place." Uh, oh! Some of the songs, just some of them, that were that were That's blared great. in there.
2: This one's going out to Manny and <laughs> the Embassy. <FSC. laughs> exactly,
3: exactly. Um, and Kaka! so I. And so what's interesting is I thought about okay, this, this idea of like, you know, blaring loud music into something to get people to come out. You we know, did it work, it in. worked. I mean, you know, they, uh, they got him out of there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for anyone. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing is, I actually couldn't find very many examples of this being used um, in any significant capacity. I, I would only find actually a couple of more examples of this in the, well, in I would the news. Well,
1: ex- I would expect, because it's more of a, a modern age,
3: time, you know. It is modern, exactly. Back then, it's, it's, it's f- like
1: the violin can play as loud as it can. It's not like you can
3: amplify <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it was something that you would have to have modern, like, rock concert technology for, right? Exactly. You Amplification, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um and so there there just probably aren't very many situations in which it's going to be used later a couple of years later in 1983 according to entertainment weekly this is another quiz question by the way mm. tibetan chants bugle calls christmas carols and nancy sinatra's these boots are made for walking <laughs> Uh, were blasted at very high volume into a religious organization's compound in what city? Oh, Waco. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. So in fact, the the FBI blared music into the Branch Davidian uh, compound, David Koresh and his followers in in Waco. Is
0: it bad? I would like that music. I don't think it would be torture to me. I think high, would... volume
1: though. high volume. I once
2: maybe, yeah. but after thirty times through, you might be a little sick of it. You these haven't seen my
3: Spotify yeah. playlist, <laughs> indeed. Uh, (laughs) Um, And and, and in fact, just this past May, a new report said, another question for you guys, that the theme songs of what two popular children's television programs were used in interrogations of of Guantanamo Bay prisoners. Teletubbies? No. One of them was Barney. One of them was, in fact, Barney. In in fact, uh, this is a direct quote. In training, they forced me to listen to the Barney I Love You song for 45 minutes, said a U.S. soldier to Newsweek in 2003. I never want to go through that
1: <laughs> Oh, just to get them prepped and primed. <laughs>
3: Uh, they, yeah, no, no. So it. that they would understand what the psychological yeah, like... kind wow. of hole oh, is oh, of having oh, to oh. listen yeah. to this at loud volume.
1: It's a
0: song that never ends. That it one
3: is. Too. It is not. That would be oh. great. Uh, but no, it's in fact the Sesame Street theme song. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the Guardian uh, also reported this was again this this report from this past May that wow, other, these are
1: great trivia. Other
3: tracks used uh, played at Guantanamo <laughs> prisoners included Metallica's "Enter Sandman" oh. uh, and Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time." Oh dear! <laughs> that <might be> okay. <laughs> they switched to Britney Spears after they found out that they could just play it one time on normal volume, and they would just tell them everything that they wanted. Uh, no, they, they, cost cutting measures, <laughs> <laughs> and they call it uh, futility music to convince people of the futility of not cooperating because really they just want to get information out of people like who are you who do you work for how did you you know just just start telling us everything and by just playing this music over and over and over again and it it's just clean sort of, again it just breaks you down no right?
1: no violence really just yeah. psychological kind yeah. of messing with people and uh, one of the classic torture uh, methods that I want to talk about is of course me being Chinese would be fitting to talk about the Chinese water torture that's for- just straight
3: up racist. Racist, yeah so <laughs> no, you don't have to do that Which, why do you hate yourself
1: so so for those who don't know Chinese water torture is basically a victim is restrained mm-hmm. and there's like a bucket or some sort of apparatus that drips water droplets of water would hit on your forehead kind of between right. your eyes mm-hmm. you listen to that you're like ah that's whatever it doesn't mm-hmm. sound that bad apparently it drives people crazy it's just
2: the regular steady just drip right
1: so well okay to go back the chinese water torture actually is not chinese oh. Oh. it is invented by an italian dude oh. uh hippolytus de marsilis <laughs> and uh, so he's credited with inventing a, a form of water torture, and he kind of got the idea because uh, he saw droplets of water falling one by one mm-hmm. on on a stone, and gradually made a little divot, right. like a like a hollow. So he's like, "Hmm, what will happen if I do this to the human body?" There is a very famous episode of MythBusters where they actually try to debunk or support whether right. or not like this is an actual valid kind right, of form right. of
2: torture. It, it is very unpleasant. I remember that, and it doesn't. It didn't take long. I remember mm-hmm. watching on that show. <laughs> uh, Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's – I can uh, – again, it's the kind of thing where you imagine as a kid. I remember hearing about it. I'm like, oh, it's just water on your head? What is that? Right. But very quickly, I can see if you're just restrained there.
1: So that's the thing. I mean, uh, people have found and scientists and researchers have found that dripping water on the forehead uh, wasn't really particularly stressful or you know mm. effective mm-hmm. as a torture method oh. it's the combination of the restraining
0: yes. uh, immobilizing
1: uh. the victim and the water drop is actually not regular it is random. Oh. So so the the victim wouldn't know when the next drop is coming. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. But it can see the collection of water like up ahead, mm-hmm. mostly psychological and, and just discomfort and being restrained. And so that is Chinese water torture.
2: You know, one of the more really common ones in terms of pop culture and you know, I remember growing up is like the stocks and the pillories, mm-hmm. right? You know, like we see it in cartoons about colonial times and medieval I don't times. Know what those and are. So I know you know them if I describe them. So the stocks and the pillories are you have that image of the person who's done something wrong and they're in uh, a board that's either holding their head and their hands captive.
1: Oh!
2: And, you know, often the, the image will be of the person in the town square with our, with his head and hands through the board captive, upright, and people are throwing tomatoes at him, or you know. Cabbage. Um, those are the pillories. So the stocks are pretty much the same thing, but the stocks are for your feet. So they tend to be lower on the ground. Oh, okay. And so it would be mm-hmm. the two planks that would hold, they would go around your ankles. And so oh. You, oh, Like socks. That's, oh, there you go. That's how you can remember it. Stocks like socks. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, this was pretty popular in, in medieval times, and it came... Does it
1: count as torture or just kind of like it humiliation? Was, well, so it
2: was really, the goal was more public humiliation and punishment, you know? And it would be for anything from theft to various petty crimes up to more serious crime, perjury, things even like that. And the idea is that you're in the public square being humiliated for what you did. And generally, it would be, you know, a few hours, maybe up to a few days, uh, depending on what you did. Reading about, it was, it was so much more than just being in the thing of having a tomato thrown at you so it was a very public spectacle to be pilloried. Hmm. so you would be taken you'd be put into the pillory a big notice would go out to the town hey everyone there's someone in the pillory in the town square come, come on down look. come jeer come and on mock. down you could, you could essentially have license to do whatever you want you people would throw rot- oh. rotten eggs and moldy fruit and fish guts mm-hmm. and feces and you could spit on people I mean it was really kind oh. of just free license to really let
3: the yeah. person have it and, and so it was we- where they um, where compost Posting came
2: from. <laughs> because, it was at the base of the post. Because they found out yeah. that at the
3: base of the post yes. a rich, rich the soil. soil would develop. Yeah. Yeah. All, <laughs> all
0: these earthworms. It's so, so
3: earthy around here.
2: So I don't know what this says about me but reading about the things that would happen to you somehow the food and all these things being thrown at me sounds terrible but mm-hmm. apparently the village children would come and just tickle your feet mercilessly. Oh! So oh! Can just imagine being locked in this thing and people yep. are hurling insults at you but right. you've got the village children tickling your feet while you're locked in there, I mean, I don't mean to make yeah. light of it, but and you're just uh, laughing your
3: your, your yeah. ass off, literally. Absolutely, while you're it's getting it's like flung your into your face, something.
1: yeah, <laughs> right, right. Wet willies.
3: <laughs> um, and as I say, you know, this, this Hertz came, donuts, this, this so, was, many Hertz donuts. <laughs> so many hurts yeah. donuts,
2: The one thing again, an image from popular culture is uh it's related to a barrel pillar, barrel pillorying, which is if you were like the town drunk or doing something bad for drunk, they would put a barrel over you. You mm-hmm. and it came in two forms. Like either they would cut the hole out and stick you in the barrel, but another form is there would be the bottom would be cut out and you would essentially wear the barrel like like a, a shirt. Mm-hmm. And that image of sort of the town I see that drunk, all the time. I yeah. see that all the time in, you know, as Martins. I say, colonial or pilgrim or Puritan era. Right. And mm-hmm. I think as a kid, my thinking was always like, oh that town drunk, he lost his clothes. All right. he has is a barrel. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was that was the punishment, punishment. for being the drunk and disorderly was they would take your clothes and you would have to wear that barrel around for whatever the duration of your sentence was. Oh, man. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know, you
1: talk about going to the bathroom. That's, <laughs> oh, grody. So, yes.
0: I looked up being tarred and feathered. Tar uh... and feathering. Being tarred and feathered sounds really brutal. Like, tar is, well, you know, because it's the it's, heat. Yeah. It's uh, like hot. It's, it's really it's, hot. Yeah, hot and it's cooking your skin. skin. Yeah. You make asphalt out of it or you put it on roofs to mm-hmm. patch it. And yes, that kind of tar would burn you and it probably would kill you to have that poured over you. They probably were talking about pine tar most of the time, which is has a lower uh, boiling point, and they use it on ropes, so it has to be flexible, uh, and sailors actually would they'd put their hands in it. There's a reference right. to it in Moby Dick. Well, that's what it, baseball
2: players use, pine tar, like, huh. you know, pine yeah. tar resin to, to hold the bat better, or pitchers will put it on the ball, or, yeah. Yeah.
0: It probably hurts, but usually people didn't die, at least when they did it, They did it a bunch during the American Revolution, uh, and those people didn't usually die. There were no so it was more yet. just the adhesive.
2: The sticky part. nothing They just had to take a long shower afterwards.
0: Yeah. It was a very political thing to do, because it's so humiliating, and it's like a vigilante justice kind of thing, yeah. so they did it to tax collectors mm. or, like, debt collectors, uh. or um, strip their shirt off, and then paint them with the tar, and then feather them. But people have died from it.
2: Yeah, I always had the idea that it was, like, boiling hot road tar or something. Mm.
0: They did it to, to Joseph Smith Jr., the founder of the Latter-day Saints. Huh. Mm. They did it to him. And do you know what... Collaboration Horizontal is. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no. Urban uh, Dictionary. It sounds a little yeah, dirty. I know. Well, it kind of is. I'm glad I said it in the right tone. So it's it's kind of the idea of you're sleeping with the enemy. So ladies who... Oh, Oh, implants. okay. Oh. Who who were the girlfriends of yeah. German soldiers? It would happen to them. It happened, you know, the collaboration uh, horizontal, horizontal collaboration. That's so funny. <laughs> Very PC. What a military. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and I feel like this may come up in trivia, but. Edgar Allan Poe wrote a short story about tarring and feathering, huh. and it's called... It has a very wacky name. It didn't sound very Edgar Allan Poe to me, so that's why I feel like it would be a trick trivia question, and it's called The System of Dr. Tar and Professor Feathers, <laughs> and it's, it features a staff of an insane asylum. Huh. Sounds like a children's book. Doesn't but... <laughs> it? It's, yeah. I
2: read Professor Feathers' dissertation, and I have to tell you, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not fantastic. convinced. He deserved <laughs> everything he
1: got. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it was it was kind of intense. It was kind of heavy, but, it was, but yeah. very interesting.
2: I, I think safe to say we could have gone much more gruesome yeah. if we had yeah. wanted to.
1: Let's move on to a more lighter affair, <laughs> because for our last trivia segment, we have music round. Yay! Yeah. Yay. Return of
3: music. We're going to play an incredibly loud...
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> music. <laughs> Pen- yeah. Usually, music round, I will be playing five clips Of music, short clips, and you would have to identify the artist performing the song. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a theme, but I'm going to tell you the theme to this round because there is a second part to the quiz. I will be playing songs made famous from movies. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the theme. And not only do you have to tell me, uh, identify the artist performing the song, you have to also identify what movie okay. was All the right. song featured so each in. One, each one, one is a two-parter. Yep. Okay. All right. And guys ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it.
3: I don't know. (laughs) No one. I don't know. What was that? It's hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me, but I don't know the artist. I'm sorry.
1: No. Smashing pumpkins or something? On kind of the right track. Uh, Mm, Hold me, kiss me, thrill me, kill me. Uh, by you too. It sounded oh, like you 2 yeah. Okay, oh, I sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. I doubted myself. I, it did huh, sound like you too, but I don't know what. Display, but sorry. I don't know what movie it's from.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This was a big hit. I'm gonna guess like one. It of the was Batman. a big hit. I'm but... gonna guess
2: one of the Batman movies.
1: Correct. Really? No. Oh, all right. It was from Batman Forever. Okay. Oh, and you okay. probably I remember I, the I famous the, song, yeah. which is "Seal's Kiss from a Rose," sure, okay, sure. was also in that same album and Smashing Pumpkin. The end is the beginning, is the end, or the beginning is the end, is the beginning. Whatever.
3: I, I, I simply made the wise choice of not seeing Batman. <laughs> yeah. some, so some
1: part
2: of my brain, right. <laughs> took it out. The
1: interesting thing about it, this was a really a, a very uh, popular album, and it sold a lot. It did really, really well, and and you actually didn't have to watch the movie because only five of the songs of the whole. A soundtrack album are actually in the movie. Oh, I hate okay. when they do that. All I hate the when they have all the rest are allegedly inspired quote, by exactly inspired, that. By inspired by I Batman, hate that forever. Batman Forever, and um and you know a lot of these tracks were recorded before they're just in upcoming albums, huh. but yeah. before they you know right. I think that movie. happens a lot. Exactly. Yeah. or
2: or it's a track that got cut from the studio album, and they're like, oh, we already have this finished track. We need track. a song,
1: right. yeah. Right. So. Good job, even though... Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Bombed it. Okay, here we go. Number two. Very famous scene.
2: Uh, that is The Pixies, Where Is My Mind, from the final scene in Fight Club. Correct. Yes, nice. That's the final. trifecta for me. It's one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite songs, and one of my favorite movies slash books. It's mm. yeah. so yeah.
1: that scene between Hellenbaum Carter. It really just had with
2: Norton Hellenbaum Carter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Holding hands, watching all the buildings kind of <laughs> get bombed out and, and fall. Very beautiful. Yeah. Very good job. Next one. <laughs> Dana,
0: uh, why did I race you to it? But I think it's Bon Jovi. Correct? Is it? Is it Young Guns or Tombstone? I, guns?
2: I was gonna. Is it? Oh, is it? It's one of those like like uh, is it movie. Silverado or Young Guns? It's one of those, right? Okay, it is
1: not Young Guns. <sighs> It is Young Guns 2, <laughs> specifically, specifically right. for the second Young Guns movie, 1990 Young Guns 2. Emilio Estevez, one of the, the stars of, of Young Guns 2, originally asked that uh, Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive to become the theme music for Young Guns 2. John Bon Jovi actually, he didn't allow it. Huh. He said no. So instead, he actually, you know, he's not a bad guy. He still wrote a new song, which is Blaze of Glory, this song, to be used in Young Guns 2, and actually ended up with the Oscar nomination. That's pretty... I did not know that. It's really interesting.
2: Yeah. That was his, like, way of, like, no, sorry, but here's
1: something else. Exactly. And, and, you know, to be honest, I think Wanted Dead or Alive is a much better song. (laughs) But maybe he knew that, too. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Alright, here we go. From behind the walls of doubt A voice was crying out
3: <laughs> May you me. Chris Well, the, the song is say you Say me it's by Lionel Richie right Correct Um movie 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 Oh I don't know Colin looks like he knows that Uh I believe it was from White Nights
1: Correct
3: Yes White
2: Which Nights was 1985 uh, Gregory Hines Mikhail Baryshnikov. Oh yes, yes. okay Very yes. famous
1: uh the Original step up, no, a <laughs> uh, very, very famous uh dance movie starring Kill. But was it in 3D? No, it was well, not in 3D. Well, but it would be <laughs> awesome <laughs> if it was in 3D though, because those two guys are fantastic dancers, yeah, yeah. And also, Helen Mirren was also in that movie oh, as well. I don't remember very that at all. Young Helen Mirren, yep. And okay, the last song, you sing two, one
0: smile that cheers you one face that lights when it wears you one girl
2: you're you're everything oh god it, it, i feel like it's on the tip of my tongue it feels familiar i i don't know who sings it Can we get hints
1: it is an old song but yes. it's not necessarily for a old-timey movie. is it
2: jimmy durani
1: correct okay i
2: know it's jimmy make Durant-y. someone happy um oh god yeah, what is it? It's it's from I, I feel like it's from some sort of like mid eighties, late eighties. Like Sleepless in Seattle or Billy something. That. Oh, oh, is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, Sleepless I was say, in say, Seattle. I I swear I was gonna say some sort of Billy Crystal or Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> I really was.
1: <laughs> Starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and, and it's not an old timey movie, but there's a lot of Old timey nostalgia, especially mm-hmm. classic movies, right, classic right. songs. Well, so. they have the running. Is am I thinking the right movie
2: where they're all sort of uh, the female characters are watching an affair to remember throughout yep. the movie, and they're meeting right.
1: up on top of Empire State Building. Right, so, right. Good job, everyone. Good right. job. Good Brains. job, brain. <laughs> and so that is our show. Uh, thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about torture and execution. And Hope punishment. it wasn't too torturous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, oh, y'all. Good.
3: <laughs> job, uh...
1: and, and also, importantly, you know the difference between alliteration and, and assonance and consonance. And, well,
3: m- most importantly, we now know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: And uh, yeah, you can find us on Zune Marketplace, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. We also have a Twitter page, which is just at goodjobbrain, and also a Facebook page. And we put some interesting tidbits and video and and facts and questions and stuff. So you should join us there. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye now. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.